Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So Get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Journals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Mutabo here, your host. I am super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Mr. Dave Chesson. Dave, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story? Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dave is a nine-year veteran of the U.S. Navy. And uh, interesting story, while still in the Navy, he spent his nights working on his side hustle online marketing and created uh, niche websites and uh, earning advertisements and affiliate commission, uh, quickly expanding his website arsenal to 25 different sites, um, which, we'll, which we'll get into, um, all of which were for different online purposes. But uh, it wasn't until he discovered self-publishing on Amazon that things really, really kicked into gear with Kindle Direct Publishing, and he found his mark. So I am super excited to dig more into your story, Dave. Uh, so welcome to the show. But before we really get stuck into your story, maybe just take 30 seconds to tell us who is Dave outside of business. Sure. Well, you know, just to go a little bit down that military career path, I started off as a nuclear engineer and I did that for a while. And then I transitioned into military diplomacy. So I've always enjoyed working with people. So kind of, kind of crazy switch from engineering to people. And, um, <clears throat> but if you were to meet me, you wouldn't think that I was any of those things, engineer or diplomat. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a laid back guy. I have three amazing children and an incredible wife who keep me super busy. And when I am not doing that, I'm cheering on the Green Bay Packers and uh, the NFL, as well as uh, watching a Star Wars movie. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh, wow. Fantastic. <laughs> so how long ago since you were in, in the Navy? Well, I just got out of the Navy officially about four months ago. So I've been kind of new and fresh on my own, but the transition from having a stable nine to five job to building a large enough business to not only support me, but to support my family and support us comfortably, that was an incredible transition. It wasn't something that I just jumped out of the job and said, ah, all right, I'm just going to make this happen. You know, some people like that idea of jumping out of a plane and then building their parachute on the way down. That's not my idea. So, you know, the transition to getting myself to where I, where I am now was such an important part of the whole journey. Mm. And we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit more. Um, but before we do that, help me understand um, <clears throat> what, what you would classify as your core revenue streams. 
my core revenue streams are from my books. So Kindle Direct Publishing, where Amazon pays me for when people buy it. The second would be uh, Amazon Associate. So I love to use Amazon uh, affiliate links, where if you send somebody to Amazon, not only do you make a percentage of that product, you make a percentage of anything they buy within 24 hours. So it's very beneficial to send people to Amazon. And then finally, uh, my third largest income source is just Google advertisements where any, you know, Google puts ads on my website, anybody clicks it and I get paid. So the really cool part about those three income streams is that they occur whether or not I'm working or sitting on the beach or, you know, playing daddy upstairs and cooking pancakes. It's, it's not like one of those business structures where I have to then physically create the product and ship it or else otherwise I don't get paid. And, you know, I got to worry about shipping all that jazz. None of it. It's something that I already created. It's already implemented and I get the income every day. So, so you, you mentioned you, you've been in the, in the Navy or in the, in the, um, yeah, in the Navy for until about four months ago. So when would you actually say you hit kind of um, full-time income that you were comfortable on to be able to walk away? Was that at four months time ago? I would say it was actually about a year ago. So I sat down with my wife and we discussed exactly how much money we would need in order to be able to live comfortably. And we created three different phases. There was the one where it's like, we can survive. <laughs> uh, then the next one is we can survive with a little bit of comforts. And then the third one was we're, we're doing good. About a year ago or so, we were at the point where we were kind of in between the first two phases. So we knew that we'd be good to go. Uh, but to get out of the Navy takes like a good year just of paperwork and everything to work that out. So that year was almost like just soul crushing. Cause it was like, Oh my goodness. Like just let me work on the business full time. Now it's, it's, it's going great. I feel like I'm being held back. So it was agonizing one year, but it's absolutely wonderful now that I get to spend all my time thinking about one thing instead of having to kind of split between, you know, military diplomacy. It was like military diplomacy by day and then online marketer by night. So now it's just online marketer. Crazy. So, so how did that journey start for you as an entrepreneur? One would say that being in the military and having done what, what I was doing would be a definition of success, right? You know, everything was going great. I was going up in rank, but my wife and I had one of these like moments where we asked like, is this really success? are we moving in the right direction? And the truth was, the answer was no, no, it really wasn't. It looked like it was successful, but the truth was, was that I was always away from family. I had, I had been stationed in South Korea at the time, you know, without my wife and kids. And I was just going to continue on this sort of path. So we started to talk about the idea of transitioning out. And when I looked at what would happen, if I got out of the military, I would just go take another nine to five job. I would be away from the family. I would probably, you know, have to start all over. These are just kind of things that we were not interested in. So I started to look at the idea of becoming an entrepreneur and building up my own business. But considering the fact that I was in South Korea when I started this thought process and considering the fact that I didn't have anything that I could build, I wasn't some, you know, crazy scientist or amazing inventor or anything like that. I had kind of a scope of work in mind, you know, like the business had to not require me to be in the United States, not require me to have to ship or create things, not require me to have to be on the computer all day. Um, 
and when I looked at all the business models out there, online marketing became like the number one that fit all of those. So that's when I decided that I need to start learning about this. And, you know, I needed to test to make sure it was real. You see everybody saying, hey, you can make money online. I, I was kind of like, yeah, right, man. There's no way you could do that. That's like another farce. Somebody's going to say, oh, but pay me a thousand dollars or something. Oh, no, no. So I found out that it was actually a viable business uh, plan and I started implementing. And then after that, it was just like I was going further down the rabbit hole. I was learning more and more about all the things you could do. And that's where the business just started to blossom. Mm-hmm. When you say you found out it was kind of legitimate, what, what happened for you to be able to validate that? Well, I got this free book from someone that talked about how to do it. So I actually took the steps and granted, <laughs> I probably paid 50 bucks just to get this one thing, but, um, I paid 50 bucks to get this traffic and I made one sale as in somebody clicked something, they typed in their name and their email address. And then I got paid by an affiliate marketer. It was $1, but man, there was $1 in my account. I was like, yes, you know, and it proved to that, that, wow, you can really make money by having somebody go there and do these two little actions. And when that happened, I knew that all I needed to do was improve the process, improve, you know, either increase the number of people coming, decrease the amount of money I was spending to get them there. And boom, you had something, you had something that could work while you sleep. So to me, that's when the business model became real. All I had to do was figure out how to do it better. So you tested what, 27 different niches or sites? So what was that about? Well, I started testing different ways to bring people to a landing page. Okay. Uh, when I first started, this was like three and a half years ago, four years ago, I was doing Facebook advertisement. Now this was back when like Facebook advertisement was pretty archaic, you know, it was just the sidebar, um, ad. And so I started paying for traffic. I also do Google AdSense, but it wasn't until I realized that you could do search engine optimization and get people there for free that I really started to take off. So I found that I really loved SEO and that's when I started to really learn and dig deeper and read into blogs and articles and start testing ideas. And I started creating my own niche websites that every month were bringing me a certain amount of people for free. Okay. And then, so from there you've got this traffic um, and then you're cr- what, what, what were you marketing? Well, at that time, it wasn't about me writing whatever I wanted. It was me writing for market. So I was going through looking at Google and finding out where people were typing stuff into Google, but they weren't finding what they were looking for. Um, it could have been something from like, you know, how to apply a certain cream to their skin. It could have been something like, you know, how to study for a particular test. So what I would do is once I found out that there was a great opportunity to fill this need, I would go and I do all the research possible. I'd even purchase books. I would study, I would take notes and then I would create this whole website on the subject. Then I'd do a little bit of magical SEO work. And next thing you know, it was bringing in all these people to come learn this one particular aspect. But at this time in the business, the only way I was making money was doing an Amazon associate link, you know, pointing to said cream or my favorite cream of the four. Um, or, you know, pointing them to these books that they could purchase that would give them more information. But that's only like, you know, a couple of dollars. And then of course you have Google AdSense, which is maybe a dollar per click. 
basically I was doing all this work to create this really cool website that was ranking, but I was only making like 50 to a hundred dollars per month for each website. I was like, man, I'm going to have to create like some like 200 plus websites to get to that final goal of being able to live off of this. That's not cool. So one of the things I looked at was I was selling a lot of books through these niche websites and I was like, wait a sec, you know, I could write a book. Why, why only get paid $1 to send somebody to Amazon to buy somebody else's book when I could write my own version of said book? Cause I just created a whole website on it and send that person to Amazon to buy my book. Now I get the $1 for the Amazon associate, right? And I get the $9 or actually $7 for the book itself. So I just like eight times the amount of money I was making just by doing that one switch. And that's when, you know, right. Self-publishing my own books just really took off, you know, and like you just saw, it was eight times my amount of profit. And what was your first um, book that you published? Well, the first book that I published was actually a specific book on how to write a particular type of resume. So most people who are thinking about, you know, doing a resume book would say, oh, well, how to write a resume, you know, and and they would just do this really broad thing. But when you choose a broad subject, you're ultimately competing against every other resume book out there. However, though, if you were to write a resume uh, book or a book on how to write resumes for a particular profession, now you're going to get the highest conversions of anybody from that profession. So say, for example, it was like how to write a resume for a nurse. If I'm a nurse and I'm on Amazon looking for resume books and I see that book, like it's almost a hundred percent chance that that's the one I'm going to choose because it's, it was written for me. So, you know, that's kind of my biggest strategy is, is that you want to make sure that you write a book that is tailored towards a particular market. And when I found that out, I just kind of started to recreate and that's what's led me to here. That's very interesting. I know, I know the book publishing world and especially self-publishing has grown a, a huge amount. Um, and there's a lot of people who are actually, you know, even like yourself, just doing full-time, full-time writing and full-time living off of just um, books. But, but then on the flip side of that coin, there's a lot of people who've written books and they're just dead in the water, um, making zero money out of that. How did you, how, what, what convinced you that you were not going to end up in that pile? Well, the key was, was that I was able to validate that there was an existing market on Amazon looking for this type of book. I was able to validate that that market was also willing to pay for books. And I was able to validate that I could beat any competition that was there. So those three things made it so that I knew that if I wrote said book, that Amazon would help to sell the book for me. Not just my new, my websites or anything like that. That is like icing on the cake. That's, that's great to be able to send your own traffic to your book, but just knowing that what you're going to write has a hungry buying market on Amazon. That's killer. And I think that's a step that a lot of writers skip that they just say, I've got this book inside of me. I know I can write really well. And then they write it. And they find out the hard way that Amazon doesn't have a market for it. There are no people going to Amazon looking for it. It doesn't mean that they can't write the book. 
It just means that they now need to go find the market and drag them to their sales page so that somebody purchases it. And that means that that writer needs to know from day one that they've got to be on top of their marketing game and know exactly where their market lives and how to get them over to their sales page. So you you had a a bit of an advantage through all the work that you were doing um, with the SEO stuff, right, where you were finding out what was being, what were the keyword researchers were, and then you create a product after that. And so is what I'm hearing is you're using the same strategy on Amazon. What are people looking for? Then I go and create a book to answer that need. And therefore, you know that you've already got a ready market. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, being a Google SEO guy, I, you know, a lot of people focus on Google when they do SEO. When the day came that I looked at Amazon, I was like, oh my goodness, Amazon is a search engine too, just like Google. That was like a huge eye opener because how do people shop on Amazon? They go to Amazon, they type whatever comes up into their mind into the search box, they click, and then Amazon presents them with products. And as we, as anybody out there can tell you, if your product shows up at the top, you've got a way higher chance that your product is the one that's bought. So... When I started to look at Amazon this way, I started to ask myself, why is it that one book is shown higher than another? And I applied all that knowledge and experience I had gained as a Google SEOer to Amazon, and I started to create these very good connections about the two. Um, I started to do these testings with my old books, and I really started to increase the amount of sales as well as discoverability on Amazon. So I say to a lot of people, you know, we just talked about writing to market. But the truth is any author out there who is looking to sell a book or to self-publish a book on Amazon, I highly recommend to them that they at least understand a little bit about Amazon's market and what makes Amazon choose one book or of another to put in front of their, their customers. And it just starts with understanding that, that kind of Amazon SEO right there. And what are the things that you'd think, you know, I'm sure there's quite a few, but what are the top maybe one or two things that you've found? With research or with rankings? With rankings. What causes you to rank high in a category, for instance? Well, the key part is that you first need to get indexed for that particular search. Okay, so if, say, you did your research and you found out how to quit smoking is a great uh, keyword to rank for, right? Then in this case, you need to prove to the Amazon search engine that when somebody types it in, your book should be presented. Not just on the first page, but somewhere, Okay. Uh, to do that, you need to make sure that how to quit smoking is is one of your keywords. So it's one of the keywords you select when you go to publish. Amazon will actually ask you for seven of them. But then you want to make sure, too, that it's somewhere in either your book title or subtitle or description. Because you have to remember that a search engine is just a calculation. It's looking for anything that says, hey, this book should be there. Okay, So when you do that, then Amazon should index it. Now, the next big step that I'd say to anybody is increasing your click uh, to buy ratio. So if somebody types in how to quit smoking, but nobody clicks on your book and therefore nobody buys it, then Amazon's going to be like, okay, well, this book isn't a very good book for the search term and they'll either drop it or they'll just have it like fall off the page. Um, And in this case, what you need to make sure as an author is, is that it's obvious that whoever would type in how to quit smoking would be associated to that book. 
the book cover really fits that person. The title or the subtitle truly talks to them. The book description is a great one that really converts. It's got good, you know, sales copy in it that makes the person want to take action right now and purchase. Um, you know, the reviews that you get, these are things that will really uh, help your in your conversion rate. Another little quick hack for people out there too, is that if you have like five or 10 people that you know that really want to buy your book, instead of just giving them a link to click on and then purchase it, just tell them, hey, go to Amazon, type in how to quit smoking, find my book and then purchase it. <laughs> that right there tells Amazon, man, there are a lot of people that think this would be a great book for it and it will shoot up in the rankings. Now, some people may say that, Dave, that's, that's gaming the system, man. That's not cool. You're, you're, you're being black hat here. No, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> You'll get your book up at the top and that gives you an opportunity to be discovered, right? Uh, but if your cover stinks, if your subtitle or title really stink and don't talk to, to the people right and your description sucks, like all those things, well, Amazon's going to naturally figure out that the book that's under you is doing better. And so they'll start dropping your book again in the rankings. So truly, this is a this is a tactic and an understanding that will help you to get your book in front of more people and give you a better chance of success. But you as a writer have to create the other things to make sure that you maintain that success. So if we talk a little bit of um, numbers or stats, I know some some writers um uh, open about some of the stats, others are not. I'm not sure where you sit, but for can you give us an example of maybe your first book? I know that was early days, so maybe it didn't do as well as your other books, but um, what were some of the numbers that you, you found in terms of sales or um, hits, conversions, and how, how did that, was that surprising? Or was that what you expected? Actually, my first book has made about 1300 US dollars per month for the past three and a half years. So it was a really good success, but it was also attached to a website that drives a lot of traffic and it has little to no competition. Uh, notice I haven't used this name and I use pen names when I write because, <laughs> you know, having found a topic that has high search volume and little to no competition is something that I love to uh, kind of keep to myself in that respect. Um, but what's really good though is, is that when you've, when you found a market that is hungry and there's not that much competition, and you rank at the top of Amazon for it, notice that you start making money every month, whether or not you even promote it. So using this type of marketing structure for book creation has allowed me to make books that are what I call assets. They're not, they're not this uh, thing where I've got to keep working just to keep the sales up. I, I sometimes I call a lot of book marketing out there like blowing air into a balloon that's got a hole in it. You know, the the moment you stop blowing into the balloon, it's going to start shrinking. Um, so I like to create the systems around my books so that I can then move on to the next book and still make the same amount I was last month on the previous book. It gives me the opportunity as a writer to really focus on the next book and not have to try to keep all my sales up, you know, as I move. Mm. So how many books have you got on your name, Dave? Well, I've got zero under my name, but under the pen names or so, I have nine that I published. Okay. And on average, and on average I'm bringing in about $9,000 a month um, 
from those nine books. Wow, that's crazy. And and what's are you spending a lot of money on ads? No, actually not. Um, typically, what it is is just getting Amazon to like the book. You know, like we just talked about having it show it over other books. Um, and that really again comes to making sure that you are the natural choice. So even when a new book comes in, you know, Amazon may put that book over mine, but they're going to quickly see that mine is the one that converts the best. And so then they drop the other book and they keep it up at the top. Um, a lot of books, a lot of those books too, I'll create websites kind of centered around so that it drives Google traffic to the sales page. So even when Amazon's all like, Oh, you know, this new book, let's go ahead and put it above it or let's drop Dave's book. You know, when all of a sudden they see that even when they drop me, I'm still making more sales than the other book. Um, they're like, okay, just kidding. Let's bring it back up to the top. (laughs) The truth is, is the way you need to look at Amazon is Amazon is all about this one particular phrase. What makes Amazon more money? right? They want to put the book that makes them the most money at the top and the book that makes the least money all the way at the bottom. So if you can prove to them that your book makes them more money, then you're their new best friend, right? (laughs) They're going to take care of you. So, wow, that's, that's interesting. So Amazon is a business. They want to, so you're creating a business partnership with Amazon. So you make their life easy. They make your life good. Exactly. And I know that sounds like like I'm being Captain Obvious here on it, but you know the truth is you just got to think about it that Amazon's algorithm was developed so as to increase the amount of sales that Amazon makes. That's very so. What tools are you using, Dave, to find out what people are looking for um, on Amazon? Well, back in the day, I had to use Google because Amazon had nothing. They, you know, they don't give you that much information or anything at all, really. So I was making this giant leap of saying that, well, if people type something into Google, there's a good chance they might type this, you know, type it into Amazon. Now, you know, using my human factor, I could quickly see that, okay, look, a lot of people, like, I think it was like 100,000 people a month type in how to tie a tie into Google. But that's not a buyer's term. That's there's no way I'd be like, oh, I want a whole book on this, you know. So I was able to kind of scrub some of these out. But I would come across these Google search terms that had like maybe ten thousand people a month typing into it, typing it into Google, and I could naturally say, you know, I feel as though that's a subject that somebody would almost say, ah, oh, I wish there was just a whole book on this thing. And then I'd go to Amazon and I'd look and I would say, hi, you know, there's only one book on the subject. And then I'd verify, wow, that book's making a lot of sales. So I would start to see that, oh, here's an opportunity. And there were a whole bunch of other steps that I would do to try to figure out, you know, A, is this book really making money because of Amazon traffic? Or is it because this writer is some uber famous writer and has like a billion fans? Um, You know, I do all these kind of checks and everything. But just recently, though, I kind of got fed up with my whole giant Excel sheet that I use to try to create these numbers. And my team and I just developed software called KDP Rocket. Um, You can find it at kdprocket.com. And it basically does everything we just talked about. So with the software, it works on PC and Mac. You can just type in your book idea. So if you're out there saying to yourself, oh man, I think I have this idea. I wonder if it would do well on Amazon. You can just type it into our software and it will tell you things like um, the average amount of money that books that rank for that are making. It tells you the number of people per month on Google and Amazon uh, that type that in. So now you can see if there actually is a market for it. 
And finally, it'll give you the um, competition score from one to 99. So now you can figure out, okay, so there's a lot of money being made here and there are a lot of searches for it, but there's like no way I'd ever beat these books. So it gives you kind of a clear indication plus a whole lot of other information. But um, I really think that those three things there could help authors, you know, not only choose the right subject to target, but also test their idea and make sure that there is a market for it. Okay, now you've brought up an interesting topic, um, which I was going to get to because I've heard you talk about the, you know, calculating how much people are making ver- based on the traffic or the search um, algorithms that you that you put into your KDP Rocket. Now, talk to me about KDP KDP Rocket, and I'm just on your website now. Um, is that just software? Is that an app? Um, how are you deploying that? Yep, it's software that works on any PC or Macintosh. Um, so it's right there on your desktop. You can pull it up. We use Amazon's API, so it's actually able to go into Amazon and pull the information that's needed to be able to present it. Um, but the way that we calculate the number of traffic as well as the sales, because Amazon doesn't tell you how much that person is making, but they do give you the special number called the Amazon bestseller rank. Okay. And for a Kindle book, that Amazon bestseller rank is number, if you're number one, you're the best-selling Amazon Kindle book in all of Amazon, right? If you're 4.7 million, then you're the worst-selling book in all of Amazon. So now we get the ranking, so we can see the relativeness of these books. But that still doesn't mean anything to anybody. Is 105,000 a good number? Is that a terrible number? You know. Um, so we actually created a complete calculation that will tell you based off of what your Amazon bestseller rank is, how many books per day that book is selling so that they get that rank. And on kindlepreneur.com, my website, we actually have a free tool where you can just go ahead and plug that in and it will tell you immediately how many books per day that book is selling. So with but with KDP Rocket, we take it to a whole new level. You know, we, we expand upon that information as well as some other metrics that we find from Amazon to be able to tell you the estimated searches per month for that term, how much money books are making, and also that plays a big part into the competition score as well. How did you create that software? Are you a software guy? No, no, I am. I'm a writer guy. <laughs> um, but I brought on a team that, that, you know, I actually personally know. So it wasn't like I, I reached out to the other side of the world and I went for the lowest bidder. Um, but I have this incredible team at Surge Viral who's worked with me, you know, side by side as we've kind of put this thing together. Right. Okay, so it's a bit of a co-ownership. Yeah, and and the truth is is that we just kind of bottled everything that I knew and all of the experiences that I had over the past three years into the software. So it wasn't like we were really coming up with something new. I was just making a, a software that did everything that I had done, but made it like within seconds. Yeah, instead of, you know, the four or five hours I was spending every day trying to do new research. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that I selfishly created it for myself. <laughs> it's good. I think it's good. It's a good thing. Um, I'm always amazed. And how long did that take you to create? Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably about eight months. <laughs> well, and how's the traction now? Are you getting uh, good traction based on what you expected? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, having... Being kind of a guy who's been really in the numbers and done a lot of case studies over the years to finally put something together that basically bottles up everything I've been talking about um, has just been incredible. People have really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, 
like, like we talked about, yeah, I'm a nuclear engineer and yeah, I'm a military diplomat. You don't have to be a nuclear engineer to use this. That's, that was the key was I wanted to make sure that I didn't, didn't make it for like the number geeks like myself, but that anybody out there could use it. And it was quick and easy to understand, simple, not like data overload. So we really, we really streamlined it as much as possible. What would you say has been your biggest breakthrough moment in your business so far? Well, the biggest one would definitely be when I realized that uh, Amazon was a search engine just like Google. I mean, years of studying Google, all of that was being able to put into Amazon, and that was just a game changer for me. More importantly, you know, when people try to rank in Google, you're hoping to be number one so you get a click. And what does a click mean? Well, then you got to get them to your website and convince them to buy something. But on Amazon, if you rank number one, it's not a click you're really looking for. It's the buy. It's a much quicker buy process. So it's a lot quicker income source, you know, knowing how to rank better in Amazon. Um, talk to me, Dave, about fear of failure. So you spent nine years in, in, in the Navy um, and you had, you know, good, good rank, good education. You know, you were going somewhere. Um, you know, you were being posted around the world, enjoying travel, etc. Obviously being away from your family. But fear of failure, what happens if you don't succeed? Now, obviously, you hedged that a little bit because you started early and stuff. But then, um, you know, you lose the prestige a little bit. You lose, you know, that honor, etc. How did you navigate through that process? A lot of people will just hold back and stay away from entrepreneurship altogether. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. The truth is, is that I spent three and a half years building up the business so that I could at least have some type of platform to stand on when I got out of the military. In the military, all I had to do was show up and I'd get paid this paid the same amount. Right? That's it. There was no you know, there was no extra bonus for working better or there was, you know, no cut in pay because I wasn't being optimal. But being an entrepreneur, on the other hand, there is kind of a direct connection between the amount of effort you put into it and the amount of money you get. So that was a completely like new thing for me that I was kind of scared of was, oh my goodness, you know, my family depends on my income. I need to really make sure that I don't put us in the hole, you know, and then put all those undue stresses on them. So I feared the fact that I was no longer having a stable salary. And that caused me to take even longer than I probably should have in getting out of the military. Fair enough. But at least you had a plan, um, which is great. Um, I want to understand a little bit more about how you operate personally and in your business, maybe some of the philosophies, right? So how do you rank the following? Faith, fun, family, finances, friendships. Family, faith, finances, fun, and did I miss one? Oh, uh, friends. There you go. <laughs> Not that I don't love my friends or anything. <laughs> don't love friends. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're listening. Cool. Uh, hey, um, what about a 30-second look into a day in your life when you started your business, take me three and a half years back, versus a day in your life today? When I knew that I was going to add a business to doing a day job, I needed to make sacrifices. The first thing I did was I looked at what my life was like. I actually counted the amount of hours I was spending on things. I quickly realized that I was spending like almost two hours a day on just Facebook. I was also watching two to three movies a week. You know, that's like 
eight plus hours or something of just sitting in front of a TV watching. Uh, we had three shows that we were watching. So that was another three hours. When I added up all that time, I found out that I had more than 20 plus hours that I could devote to this business just by making a couple of sacrifices. So I planned out my days to make sure that there was never this time period that I was either a giving up something super important like family and B, you know, that I wasn't bored and then sitting down to watch that TV show again. So I would get up at, you know, this sounds terrible, but I'd get up at four in the morning and I'd work from four to seven on the business. Then I would get ready and go to work. I'd come back from work. Sometimes I would do a little bit of business work, like during my lunch break or if I had a lull, um, you know, at my military job, I would sit there and just write my book. And I would come home and it was nothing but family time, you know, until the kids go to bed. So that was till like 7 p.m. Then I had seven to 10 to work on the business or I gave my wife the capability to basically say, Dave, I need you. Um, so we're going to have a date or whatever. So she had that like Trump card she could throw down to, you know, stop me from doing the business. Um, but most of the time it was just, nope, go do your thing. So that was more than enough time to allow me to not sacrifice family, but you know, truly develop and grow a business. And, and how does that look like today? Well, now that I'm working from home, so my kids are actually upstairs right now eating breakfast as we're talking. Um, I, I still, I get up kind of early in the morning because I'm totally a morning person now. And, uh, I work on the business from time to time and I'll, we just kind of schedule up that I'll go up there for breakfast to have breakfast with the family. Then I'll have lunch with the family and have dinner or so. Um, but it's more flexible because my business does not require me to work a nine to five job. I don't have to be in my seat from nine to five. I could move it around. I could take three days off if I want. I have a lot of flexibility in the way I operate. So it's very important that my wife and I sit down and we deconflict our schedules and then we kind of choose a path based off of that. And what, give me an example of what, what are the things you must do in a typical week for your business? Well, success has been found by making sure that I plan out the week, not plan out the day. So I'm a big fan of Trello. I love using Trello and I create a stack in Trello and it's called things I need to accomplish this week. Then the next stack is things I need to accomplish today. And then the third stack is things I've completed. Those three are very important because I know that if I can accomplish that week, then my week's done. I can take off time. You know, I can go spend more time with the family or I can go hang out with friends. That last ranking thing that we talked about, (laughs) um, but it also makes sure that I can then break it off. You know, I can, I can say, okay, today, if I take care of these things, then that gives me enough, you know, to be able to, sh- to ensure that I stay on track. And then the completion column is very important because it really means a lot to see how much you've accomplished so that when you start to get like bogged down and you're like, I should have gotten to this point, I can at least look at the completion stack and be like, you know, I've done a lot this week. Take some solace in that. So for you, or for somebody listening to your career and what you're doing today, um, I just want to give me an example of one one or two things that are always on your list every week. Well, let's see. The first one is cultivating my team. So I'm no longer a solopreneur. I have a team of five, and we set up one-on-one meetings every week. But the most important part for me is not to just talk about the tasks that we have as a business, 
but to also make sure that every week they are growing, whether it's personal growth or whether it's growth that helps benefit the business. The point, though, is, is that to have a better, stronger functioning team, you need to think about them. So I always make sure that I spend time to think about what I can do to help them. What are some areas, you know, to help them improve or give them the opportunity to grow in themselves. So that's number one. And number two is, you know, writing is a craft. It is a skill and it always needs to practice. Uh, I've never said that I'm a best author. I may be a best-selling author, but that's because of the marketing we talked about. But I have no illusions of grandeur. But I truly work on trying to improve it. So I will spend, you know, two hours reading about writing craft uh, a week. And then I spend, hopefully, <laughs> I don't track it, but I should. But I try to spend at least five hours a week just writing. Okay, great. That's awesome. Um, Dave, do you invest in mentors? If yes, um, why? So I haven't invested in a particular mentor, but I tell you, that's got to be like one of the smartest things anybody can do. Um, I met with Jeff Goins, who's the uh, head of Goins Writer the other day, and he said the number one thing he'd recommend to anybody who's trying to make that next step in business is find somebody who is on that next step and then have them mentor you so that you can get to that next step quicker, more efficient, more effectively. Um, so I'm working on that right now. Uh, but the other thing too, though, is, is that I love doing masterminds and in masterminds, it's a bunch of, you know, business people who are at kind of the same level, but with different experiences, just kind of talking. And it's wonderful to bounce ideas off each other and kind of learn what's working for their business. So 100% agree with having, you know, someone like that, but definitely also look at other businesses around you as well. Yeah. What about some two, um, two great reads for entrepreneurs that you've maybe read recently or in the last couple of years? My number one favorite that I force myself to read every year, uh, force is a hard word, but I make sure that I read it every year. And that's The One Thing by Gary Keller. Uh, the One Thing helps me to center my focus and always make sure that I am focusing on the things that are most important and that I'm not trying to multitask, which according to Gary Keller is the biggest lie. <laughs> So I, I credit a lot of my success to focusing on one particular thing at a time. The second thing I would recommend is the 10 times rule by Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone's not exactly one of my favorite people per se, but he's got that like other side of marketing that I try to like reject that his book really helps me to, you know, understand that, look, it's all about the 10 times your effort gives, you know, the success you need. So it's kind of like a, a, a bucket of cold water that I'll splash on myself <laughs> from time to time. It's not enjoyable, but you need it. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. I like his, I like his, his, uh, his training. Um, what's um, the best way for people to connect with you, Dave? Well, if you go to kindlepreneur.com, I've got a contact page there. Uh, and go ahead and just send me a message. I still, to this day, answer them. So if anything I talked about was of interest or maybe you've got questions or something was a little vague, uh, go ahead and pop in your answers there. I'm also a big fan of living on Twitter. So you can find me at, at Dave Chesson. And what I mean by Twitter is I, I don't really make Twitter about, you know, pushing business and business. I, I just kind of like to have fun on Twitter. So if you want to see the fun side of me, I'm there. Great. Well, before we, we, we uh, ask you my last question and wrap up the show, um, I want to just acknowledge you for everything that you've done in the marketplace, you know, for all the service you have done for, for your country um, and now turning it around and serving 
uh, you know, entrepreneurs online and I've seen your website, I've seen all the, all the cool things that you're offering and the, the insights that you've provided, even just on this show for people listening, all for free. Um, totally appreciate that. And uh, we're really grateful here on the Business Owners community. So thank you for, for, for turning up and bringing your very best. Now for um, the last question. Um, when all is said and done, Dave, what legacy do you want to leave and be remembered for and tell us why? I want to make sure that my children look back at what I've done and they're proud of it that I gave them the tools and the capabilities to be able to take care of themselves and that, um, that they have defined what success is to them and that they're living that success. Thanks for, for sharing that. And, um, you know, look forward to, to more of your success. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me and Dave today on this show. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And more importantly, I hope that you got your hopes up that you can, chase your dreams and that you are absolutely good enough to do so remember to head on over to businessgenerals.com for all the show notes just type dave in the search bar and his show notes will appear with everything we've talked about today that's businessgenerals.com and to connect with dave go to kindlepreneur.com you can check him out at dave chesson on twitter um Dave, thank you so much for being on the Business Generals podcast today and for sharing your story with us. For that, we're absolutely grateful. You are a true business general. Hey, thank you so much, Davis. It was wonderful for being here. Hey, what's up, Business Generals family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Generals podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.